0: If you were like listen i want a diet and i need to lose 10 pounds in the next month technically speaking if i'm listening to you as the client that may require me to take your current 1500 calorie range down to 1100 calories but i'm gonna have to be honest with you and say hey that's gonna suck Like, it's really gonna be hard. It's not gonna be fun. We can do this, but you also need to be on point with tracking your food. You need to weigh everything. You need to be very precise. You need to be committed to your recovery. You need to make sure you're getting all your protein in. Look at all the things I'm listing of like, you got it, you got it, you got it, you got it. So that they know what they're buying into. So as a coach, getting them to understand that this is going to take work right out of the gate is very important.
1: Let's link up with Krista on the fix. She's a wellness coach with a focus on mental well-being and physical strength.
0: What's going on, Fix Listeners? Welcome to another episode of the Fix Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Huber, and I've got a little flip of the script for you guys today. Had a slight change in my programming notes for this upcoming episode. So I had the pleasure of pulling an episode where I was in the hot seat and recorded with a very dear friend of mine, a fellow peer mentor in the space, Dom Fusco. He's got a podcast called Pure InVision, which he's taking a little pause on right now, but highly encourage you to check it out and just give him a follow because he's always up to really cool stuff. He's actually, very recently stepped into a new role with a company called Upswing Fitness that I'm working on a fun partnership on. So more to come on that. I definitely encourage you guys to stay tuned and we'll link all of this info down in the show notes so you can come along for that journey. But a couple months back, beginning of January, right at the start of 2022, I hopped onto Dom's podcast and we recorded an episode around the confusing and often contradictory information in the fitness space and the nutrition space and how as the average person, it can be pretty challenging to decipher what's right for you. Now that's the perfect plug to talk about the fact that if you can't figure it out on your own, that's where the beauty of a coach comes in. And I'm currently have an open roster for the rest of the summer, looking to take on a few new clients. This is the time of year where it's really hard, and Dom and I referenced this word several times in our conversation to be consistent. Consistency is the name of the game when it comes to getting a handle on your nutrition, on your health and wellness, and that's a part of this episode that a theme of this episode, I should say, we're really going to hit home on today. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. Check it out and. If any of it speaks to you, a lot of my coaching philosophy and the way I approach different challenges and hurdles with my clients is something I get into throughout this chat, so it'll give you a good idea of what that experience actually looks like. And if you think we might be a fit for each other, you can always hit me up for a complimentary consult. We'll love to hear from you. Shoot me a DM at the Krista Huber. And with that, let's get right into this episode.
1: Okay, everybody. One of my favorite guests of all time back on the podcast for, I guess, technically the third time, but second time because the one was so long that we had to split it up into <laughs> two. I got Krista Huber with me. Krista, how the heck are you? It Dom, is great what's to have up?
0: It's so good. I, we were chatting right before we hit the record button. We were like, we need to set another time to have a meeting because otherwise we'll be here for three hours. There's so much to catch up on, but I'm very excited to be back on the show and I appreciate it as always, the opportunity to come on and talk a little bit about my story, what I do, all that good stuff. It's when you're a podcaster yourself and you're always doing the interview questions, it's it's fun to flip the script a little bit.
1: Well, you're putting the ball right on the tee for me there because I wanted to ask you, I'm going to flip the script on you for what you typically do in your podcast. You ask who the heck are you and why should we care about what we have to say for those of you or for all of those new listeners who didn't hear the last time you were on the podcast.
0: Perfect. Well, I actually, when you told me you were going to do that, I've never answered this question. So for anyone out there who wants to go listen to my show, I start my my show is called The Fix Podcast. And I start off every episode the same exact way. And it's asking the interviewee what qu- this question that Dom just listed is, who are you? But more specifically, why should we care about what you as an individual have to say? And I, I'm kind of stumped because I feel like I could go a few directions with this, and I wanted to have a very nice, you know, quick answer. Um, our friend Joe Rinaldi, shout out to Joe—he he always has the best answers. His was one of the best I've had on the show, and he didn't even hesitate. So I don't think I'll be as good as him, but I am a online nutrition coach, a podcaster, which I mentioned. I also most recently started a new role here in New Jersey in the South Jersey area in Oceanport as the marketing slash partially sales slash social media content creator and a whole lot of other hats at a new gym called the Fort Athletic Club. So if I could sum up who I am, I'm definitely just a person that wears a lot of hats. And I think that's actually something I do really well. So why should you care about what I have to say? I think in the context of nutrition specifically, Dom, I'm just somebody who gets it when it comes to being a person who's busy, but won't allow that to be a reason to not put yourself first and to not allow you to prioritize whatever your health and wellness goals. The caveat to all of that being that I get it. Like, I've heard all those excuses because I give them myself too, right? And I feel that that's definitely an advantage as a coach because I can meet people exactly where they are and help them design a plan to their, whether that's their fitness or their nutrition or both, that addresses that, that addresses the fact that a lot of us just have so much going on.
1: Yeah, no. And I think we talked about this right before the podcast too. The timing of when we're recording right now is – kind of like your sweet spot. Like Mm -hmm. I would say, like definitely in like that, that area, like as a nutrition coach, as somebody in the health fitness wellness space, this is the time to really push content out there, to talk to more people, to get those clients that said they were going to do it last year or have tried and failed and tried and failed. Like this is your time to shine right now. So how have things been for you in the space so far? like throughout, so, like in the past couple of weeks?
0: Yeah. So you're spot on. I just said to Tony, my podcast editor and our mutual friend, literally last night we were talking and we hadn't caught up in a couple of days. And he was like, I know this is your busy time. Like this is your couple of weeks where you can grind it out and you can set yourself up for the rest of the year. I have, I will say I'm really excited because I had more people reach out to me Earlier than January. So I had three or four people contact me towards the end of December and I had started pushing out some messaging on my Instagram. I've gotten really into reels doing all the lip syncing type reels over the past six months. They get better and better every time. It's a lot of fun. And I've had people say, hey, I'm ready to start right away. And that is 100% the type of person that I love to work with because they're willing to acknowledge that in the past they would have waited until jan 1 or quite frankly probably january 3rd because everyone usually waits until the monday after when they get back into their routine if not a little later And I'm also very fortunate in now having this new position at the fort that we will be introducing. I'm slowly kind of doing it right now. Nutrition coaching through our club. So I'm very excited because I'm now seeing a shift in my business where I'm finally getting back into some in-person coaching. And I just have to say, I love that. Zoom is great and it's a really easy way to connect with your clientele, but there is just something to be said for being able to sit across the table from somebody one-on-one and really have very extensive specific conversations with with them about what they want to achieve and to be able to tap into some of their emotions a little bit better just because you can really read that person more than with the computer screen in between, so that's been great. Um, from a content standpoint, I will say, you know, joking about all of our reels and stuff, I've been batching a lot of reels content over the past couple of weeks. I have like five sitting in my drafts right now that I'm ready to push out in the next day or two, and I'll just have one or two go every day. And um, it's it can be challenging because you know there's a lot of people doing the same thing as you, and you know that there are a lot of other coaches out there who are also trying to encourage people to sign up for the, this program, that program, this type of one-on-one coaching, this type of group coaching. But I think something that if you have anybody who listens to this, who is a current coach or an aspiring coach, this is really important to remember. There, This is not a great stat because I wish it wasn't true, but it's good for us as coaches. Over 70% of the population is on paper obese. Less than 30% of the population has a gym membership. That's a huge disparaging number. But what that means for a coach is that there's tons of opportunity. So while the space may seem crowded or saturated or words that a lot of business coaches throw around all the time, it doesn't mean that there isn't an area where you could help somebody. And all it takes is just helping that one person and your business could really grow.
1: Well, that's where niche comes into play, right? And that's what I'm trying to figure out as a new coach in the space is, who is that target market that I want to work with that I believe I can relate to the most that I can bring the most value? And I think you've done a very good job at targeting your niche. And you know, you tend to work mostly with women, mostly mm-hmm. people who have tried things like you know, yo yo dieting and um, were drastically under eating or were overworking themselves. That you know, and that's you specifically because you can also relate to that that's where you can bring the most value so i think that it's important for anybody listening right now is that what and whatever your market is whatever you do is it's pretty much everything is saturated nowadays like nothing that you do is nothing that you do is really going to be new it's just trying to put your own unique spin on things your own taste your own flavor on you know what you're doing and tr- reaching like that target group that you're doing rather than trying to reach everybody. Because if you try to reach everybody, then you're gonna end up like not being an expert at what you do and you're gonna be all over the place. So I think really tying down to a niche is, is something that I'm definitely trying to do um, throughout this year. And you know I think that I just think that's good advice for people.
0: Yeah. And it takes time. Like for as much as I feel confident about what my niche is now. First and foremost, I'm sure that if I pitched it to any of our friends at the Nutritional Coaching Institute, just for the sake of them challenging us to level up, they would tell me to go more narrow. So that's for starters, like I'm not perfect, right? But it took me a year and a half plus to get better and better at not only refining who my target is, person that I wanna work with is, but getting good at explaining it too, right? Like I have tweaked my Instagram bio literally a million times in order to get it to read in the place that I want it to. Obviously the character limits are a factor in that, but in a lot of ways beneficial because it helps you figure out in as succinct a statement as possible, who, who are you working with? Who do you want to go after? And I think even sometimes having those other people and networks and groups for you to bounce those ideas off of is really important, even if that person actually has almost the same exact target client as you, because you just know different people. They might sit in a different state. They might have other connections. Like There are so many ways that you can get over the idea of like, oh, well, I'm not reinventing the wheel and I need to reinvent the wheel and use other people as inspiration for what you could really achieve and collaborate with them too.
1: One thing I've also realized with especially content, like you said, you know, batching content and I'm back to, I'm committed to posting one thing a day on social media just because consistency with anything, just like nutrition, just like fitness is something that we should set our goals around like i'm really focusing on setting goals around consistency rather than hitting a specific number or a specific you know like looking at all the vanity metrics or like i want to have this many followers or i want to get this many views um like for podcasting for example i'm back into podcasting so i'm committing to being consistent posting one piece of like one podcast a week posting one piece of content on instagram and TikTok a day i think Starting small with those consistency goals, and this relates back to nutrition and fitness, is before you can start to set those big goals like a five-minute mile or squatting 400 pounds or getting that six-pack, commit to doing something that you can do consistently.
0: Um, A million percent. If there's one piece of advice that I could ever leave any conversation from someone who interacts with my brand, it's what she just said about consistency. I tend to word that to my clients as also the concept of walking before you can run. And I actually just recorded a podcast about this that I'm dropping in the next day. And it's all about this idea that right at the beginning of the new year, for whatever reason, and most of us do this every single year, and I don't know why, like it has to be something with the way our brains are wired, because I think everyone is guilty of this. Something about the fresh start of a new year, a a Monday, a new month, whatever it is, usually a new year seems more lofty for people. We all think we need to do a total 360, and we need to just completely change every single aspect of our life. And the way I worded it in my episode was, you are setting yourself up for failure. Like you are. And that, that can be a really hard pill to swallow, right? Because you actually have to put the blame on yourself. If you wake up and you're like, okay, my goal for 2022 on day one, I'm going to do this every single day for the rest of the year 10 minute meditation, walk outside as soon as I wake up, get my workout in for at least 45 minutes, track all my meals, and da 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 da. People list these really great intentions. All of those things are very good. But I think for some reason, because we've been pushed a lot of mixed messaging with different types of diets, there's a lot of people walking around. I see this with women, especially just in my experience of who I work with, that were somehow convinced the secret sauce is the following. Try everything at once, because when I was only trying one or two things and those two things didn't work out, it was because I wasn't doing enough. It has nothing to do with you not doing enough it has to do with the fact that you set yourself up to not be able to be consistent to bring it back to your word if you put five different tasks on your plate of what you want to accomplish towards your wellness towards your fitness and nutrition on a regular basis for the month of 2022 but then you kind of forget about the fact that you also have a job you have children you have all these responsibilities maybe you're moving maybe you're starting a new job maybe you're starting a new business venture that's a whole lot of shit to manage for lack of a better word right and then boom three days go by one thing slips you're convinced that this isn't going to work and this is not the answer for you
1: yeah no i totally agree with that and that's been my biggest struggle just you know all right everybody listening like you're gonna get just straight honesty out of me and krista and like yeah. this is you know mostly <laughs> just it, i mean this is like completely organic we don't script these podcasts or anything uh we just hop on here and talk about whatever's on our mind but That's something that I think led me astray. And the biggest reason why I couldn't be consistent or like the biggest times where I couldn't be consistent is because I was putting too much on my plate rather than for the month of January, I'm going to focus on just tracking my food. If I can track my food consistently for a month, track my food and hit a certain protein goal. Yeah. Boom. Perfect. And then once you show yourself that you can be consistent and it's, it's just second nature to you. Then that's when you can add something else in, right? So, like, Amen. this, right? For this year, I was have all these ambitions and all these things that I want to do, but I know that it's the snowball effect, right? So, like for me, it's getting up, it's doing a few small, keeping a morning routine. If I can keep that morning routine good, then boom, that's great. And then keeping, staying consistent to my workouts, like. Doing a few things rather than trying to do every single thing, all of your, like all of your ambitions, putting all of your goals, trying to do way too much, start small, build that snowball effect. Like I said, do one thing, like track your food, drink a certain amount of water. Like that's what is super important and build on those habits and build on what you can be consistent on because the more you do something, the second nature it's going to become And then you're able to add other things
0: in. Yeah, and there's a key word you said in there, build. And that's, you're creating the foundation. So let's use your example, Dom, of the morning routine, right? We didn't even get that granular or that specific in saying, well, what's the consistency of that morning routine? Like what's inside of it? You're just saying, I'm going to commit to some type of morning routine. And by setting that as the foundation, you know, as you said, the snowball effect, I love that term, it's going to set you up to, give you the structure that you need to put into place all of those other habits that you want to achieve. And I think you're the perfect example because not only is it the start of the new year you just graduated, you have a lot of ambitions, you have all these things that you want to accomplish and it's very exciting because now it's kind of like I'm into the real world. I know I joked in one of my comments that I left on your, your last two or three posts, In air quotes, I put like, can't wait to see what you do now that you're officially in the real world, because this is that time in your life where you're like, okay, early 20s, the world is your oyster, but that could also be a little intimidating, right? And I think the world has changed so much in the last two years that that is even more so the case. There's overwhelm because you're like, am I gonna get a job? Is it hard to find a job? Do I wanna just go off and do something myself? There's value in working for another person. There's so many different directions you can take your life and there's not necessarily a right or a wrong way to do that. And I think that's where the, a little bit of the fear comes in, right? But going back to the foundation, even in the context of those career examples that I just listed, having a morning routine will in turn impact how you show up in that future job or that business you're building or whatever it is. So it's really important to constantly go back to those basic things. But I just think for whatever reason, we are so convinced that it shouldn't be that simple. We have this thought that like, there's no way that that's all I need to do. You mentioned the commitment to tracking your food for the month of January. And then on top of that, also mentioned specifically hitting a protein goal. For anybody out there who's listening to this and maybe doesn't know a ton about nutrition, just to give you the understanding of why, from a nutrition perspective, that's actually a fantastic goal, is because when it comes to fat loss, protein is king. Protein is really important to helping you retain your muscle, help with recovery. It helps you feel full. It has a million and one benefits that I could list at any time. But that sets the foundation. Because if Dom can't hit his protein goal and he's my client and I'm working with him, I don't really care about any of the other shit that he's doing. Like It doesn't really matter what's going on with your workouts to a degree because you need to demonstrate to me that you can meet the basics. And then ultimately the way I word it to a lot of my Fitness Fix clients is like, show me that you can earn the right to fat loss. You can earn the right to go through a fat loss protocol because that is where things start to get a little more complex and challenging.
1: Yeah, and people don't always realize that you know, you have to be in a caloric deficit in order to lose any sort of weight, but yeah. your body might be metabolically adapted to eating 1,500 calories. And as coaches, we cannot ethically advise somebody to eat 1,200 calories and be in a deficit because you're not going to be getting the proper nutrients. Um, and you're just going to see all sort of hormonal imbalances and all kinds of bad stuff going on. It's so, also just
0: harder, right? Like think about harder. this. Yes. I said to somebody yesterday, I was trying to explain to someone how, how metabolic adaptation, what that actually means. Like, what does that look like? Why is it the sexy word that's been throwing, thrown around, right? And one of the things that I think people can really kind of latch on if they're hesitant to buy into this concept of, hey, maybe we should spend a little time eating more food and then we can eat less food is coming to terms with the fact that it is 2022 the world is not designed for you to lose weight big pharma big food marketing all this stuff you go into the grocery store they don't want you to be skinny In case anybody didn't know that, like if you want a real secret, they don't want you to lose weight. They want you to go after the things like the Oreos and lots of processed foods. And trust me, Dom and I eat all those things, right? Like we're going to be the first to admit that. So my approach, and I know that you're aligned with this, Dom, is let's figure out how we can eat a little bit of those things and a little bit of the good stuff and put it all together and be really happy. But the thing that people don't recognize is like, hey, You want to go on a 1,200 calorie diet and not to pick on that number. It's just one that is for most people, probably not enough food. I ha- certainly have clients who they may be a smaller person. That may very well adequately be enough food for them. But for the most part, we don't live in a world where it's really actually easy to even stick to any sort of diet that requires only 1,200 calories. Because guess what? The minute you go out to eat for a meal, even if it's a seemingly healthy meal, you can bet it's probably at least six to 700. It ch- Chances are it is. So you're going to blow half your day on one meal? I don't think so that that sucks. Like for lack of a better explanation, that really just sucks. So when I think about looking at somebody who may have spent a lot of time in a much lower calorie range, thinking that that was the answer for them to be able to lose weight, or they just had no concept of how much they were eating. And they didn't really realize they weren't eating a lot of the right things. They were just trying to limit their food intake or just eat whenever they were hungry. Um, I really think it's important for anybody to understand that if we can be patient and spend a little bit of time eating a little bit more food, we're going to set you up for more success during that fat loss phase because that calorie deficit, one, doesn't need to be as extreme, and two, it'll just be easier because it sounds a lot nicer to do a 1700 calorie deficit than it does to do a 1200 calorie deficit, right? I don't think too many people could disagree with that.
1: Not at all, but that's really hard to try to get somebody who is probably very insecure about their body who has, feels like they've tried everything to eat more food, especially for women, you know, Mm -hmm. that's, there's so like, there's a lot of people who I know, a lot of women I know who like the thought of like eating more is like bananas to them. So how do you work with your clients and get them to trust you to bring them up in calories so that you'll eventually be able to bring them back down and get them where they need to be?
0: So I love this question because it's probably the biggest hurdle that I face as a coach of someone who really works specifically with females and especially with a lot of women in their late 20s, early 30s. It's the time of your life when you're either getting ready for a wedding, going to tons of weddings, bachelorette parties. Like... All these events that are happening that are big milestones in your life, other people's lives, there's a lot of photos being taken, but there's also a lot of food involved in those situations, right? So one of the, the factors that I use in, in walking my clients through this is to build off of what I just described of this idea of like, let's make fat loss a little bit easier. I do find that if we bring in sort of a visual understanding of this, it helps. And I keep it basic. I often take a piece of paper. I draw three lines on that piece of paper and I show them, I say, Hey, right now you're right in the middle right here. If you were like, listen, I want to diet and I need to lose 10 pounds in the next month. Technically speaking, if I'm listening to you as the client, that may require me to take your current 1500 calorie range down to 1100 calories. But I'm going to have to be honest with you and say, Hey, that's going to suck like it's really going to be hard. It's not going to be fun. We can do this, but you also need to be on point with tracking your food. You need to weigh everything. You need to be very precise. You need to be committed to your recovery. You need to make sure you're getting all your protein in. Look at all the things I'm listing of like, you got to you got to you got to you got to so that they know what they're buying into. So as a coach, getting them to understand that this is going to take work right out of the gate is very important. Second, It's going to take work to eat more food, too. Not trying to diminish that, right? One, because you don't believe me because it's totally counterintuitive to everything that you're used to. But second, how can I get you to trust me and believe me? I like to go back to this idea that you're never going to know unless you try. And 89, probably 99% of the people that I'm trying to pitch this idea of eating a little more food to have never really tried it. They've never tried it, at least in a calculated way, right? Because most of the time, A lot of us are walking around having never spent any time using MyFitnessPal, any of the other tracking apps out there. So we don't really have a full understanding of how much food we're eating. And to go back to our favorite word, consistency, there's no other way to figure it out. So in creating that trust with them, this piece is probably the toughest part as well. I really try to help people understand that all of this information is just data. It's just info on what your body's doing how your body's responding to it and really trying to separate ourselves from that information is tough because as you said dom you're in a vulnerable place you're insecure about your physique whatever it is like you just want to get to your goal as quickly as possible because you're convinced that that's going to be what will help you feel better and i'm all for that and i want to support you in that journey but i think for me and my personality and you know being very real and upfront with people has been very helpful to me getting that buy-in from the client of like, hey, this is going to be hard, but we're going to do this together. And I know that you're going to fight me on this, but just hang on. And if you can be a little patient, give me four weeks, give me six. And I'll start with something small. I'll say, can you just do this for me for four weeks? And they can buy into that. They're like, all right, I'll try it. It's only a month. If this doesn't work out in the month, we can try something else. And let them think ultimately that it was their idea. That's really, really helpful.
1: I think, though, I think a tough part about that, to be honest, is like, if they're paying you like a decent amount of money to coach them sure, and you're only like, that's all you want them to do is like a one or two minor changes, you know, that might, I feel like that may turn them away. in they could like, yeah. So like, you know, have you dealt with that before? And like, how, you know, how do you, I feel like that first month, that first like month or two, like that's hard. Cause if they're paying you, obviously they want to mm-hmm. like see results and they want to make all these big changes. Cause they just hired a coach. So how do you take them through those first couple of weeks, first couple of months?
0: Excellent question. I think this is really hard when you're a brand new coach because you have the insecurity of like, I want this person to see my value, right? And you as the coach want them to feel, one, that you know what you're talking about. But two, oh, if I'm hiring a coach, as you just said, that we should see some kind of radical change. I think that it comes with the patience of being a coach for a little while as well, just as much as I'm saying that the client needs to be patient, of figuring out how to what these talk tracks kind of are, right? It's listening to the client and really being able to understand what their ultimate goal is and tying every decision, all of these micro decisions that you want them to make, but then putting it into these buckets of like two activities for the week exactly back to what they want to achieve and then repeating it back to them or spinning. And I don't mean spinning in like a manipulative way, but just like creating analogies for them so that they can better understand why you want them to do what you want them to do in a very simple way. And one of the examples I can give you is I work with a lot of women, and this has been more recent, um, who have digestive issues. Now, This is one of those things where we can't always be simple about it because they are dealing with any kind of issue from going to the bathroom too much, not going to the bathroom enough, issues with their skin, like whether that's eczema, some kind of rash, like they're bloated all the time. And I mean to the point where there's different extremities of this, but some of them are to the point where like they drink water and they're bloated. That is such a horrible way to live. So, most of the people that work with me in these situations, they have a lot of buy in because they're very desperate to see change and they're willing to do anything that their coach will tell them. But some of the changes that they need to make can be pretty overwhelming because oftentimes what got them into this situation was a lot of stress in the form of a stressful job, over-exercising, not getting enough sleep, not recovering properly, maybe bad relationships, lack of support from a partner, friends, whatever it was, all of those external factors compounding one on top of the other. And sometimes that means that the only first step we can really take in helping them fix these issues is to just get them to calm the F down. And so sometimes that only looks like, like, hey, can we start a breathing practice? Or, hey, let's focus on your sleep. That can be really hard for people. So what I need to do to convince them, like, hey, we're going to start basic, is kind of flip it back on them and be like, track your sleep for a week and let, let's see what it looks like. And in doing that and collecting that information, a lot of times they realize that their sleep is shit. And then they're like, well, is my sleep really the problem? And that's where you as the coach, come in and can give them the facts give them the information of like hey this is what impact sleep has or lack of sleep has on why you're facing these issues with your gut or hey the fact that you're working out twice a day every day seven days a week with no rest these are the problems that you're having and getting somebody to be really educated empowers them to buy into whatever you're asking them to do for as simple and as basic as that may seem. But I think it's one of those things for as much as I th- people can be frustrated by this answer to sum it up, it's getting the reps in of probably some rejection from some clients who feel like you're not helping them. And at the end of the day, you have to recognize that those probably aren't your people because I would rather not work with somebody like that because I know my worth and I know that I have done the certifications, continue to educate myself, continue to read up on different approaches, different strategies, and work with other clients that if I can bring that value to the table for those people, it's not so much about me as it is about that person not valuing their health and wellness enough to understand that the price that they're paying me is an investment in their future.
1: I've seen a lot of people similar to you and I, you know, we were athletes we you know or social people um we're in our 20s and you start and and like i've even had this before too is when i get so hyper focused on something i tend to neglect my nutrition oh yeah my sleep talk
0: about that all day (laughs)
1: right my my overall health and it's like you know we ultimately like being in this space need to hold ourselves accountable to do what we tell the people that we work with the people that we help with Mm -hmm. but I want to kind of just put it, put it into perspective here. And I'm not like, this is literally something I'm, I'm coming off off the top of my head. This isn't somebody I'm thinking of specifically, this is an imaginary person. Sure. They're 24, 25 years old, working in the city, super busy, was an athlete in college and has just really been hyper focused on their career. And then on the weekends, they want to go out because they have FOMO. And so it's just a lot of long hours in the office, a lot of long weekends, um, you know, and they know that they need to make a change and they want to make a change but they don't necessarily know how or they're timid or their ego is too big because they don't want to ask for help because they feel like they should be able to do that on their own. They're trying to get their life back in order, optimize their life, optimize their nutrition, fitness, still be able to have uh, success in their career and sure. still, you know, be able to have a, a fun weekend and, and things like that and, and not let that weekend send them off the rails. So, that was my imaginary person. We're not, we're not going to, we're not going we to think of a bunch yeah.
0: of people who fit that category that we know right. personally. Yeah.
1: Right. I, I, <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I think I've just pulled a lot of different things there from several different people that I've yeah. heard their, um, you know, what they're going challenges through. are their goals or challenges and mm-hmm. things like that. So let's kind of, let, let's, what do you think of that? What would you do for somebody like in this scenario? What was, what's the first thing would you do and how would you progress them?
0: Great i think hey this is the epitome of why someone needs something simple and i'm gonna just recap a few of the characteristics of this person's life to reiterate that so you mentioned that they have a high intense job lots of hours in the office let's be we'll be colorful and say they work in investment banking and they work 90 hour weeks okay so chances are they're probably not getting enough sleep, first and foremost. Chances are they are probably not making time to meal prep their food because you also mentioned they want to go out on the weekends with their friends and, like, maybe on Sunday they're kind of hungover and the last well, they're thing they want to think are probably eating out
1: every single yeah. day for, mm-hmm. like, every meal, too. Yeah,
0: totally, totally. So... The thing is, knowing that that person is career driven and career oriented, the first thing I would do is try to come up with the various analogies that apply to that career. Right. So I'll give you an example. I was meeting with a potential new client the other day and this individual works in media. She works as a producer for a TV show um, and it's a new show. I knew that when it came to tracking her food, she had mentioned to me that the idea of that was like really daunting, felt annoying, difficult, whatever. But I also knew that given her job and the way she gets measured in her own career as a producer has all to do with one thing, ratings, right? Because that ties into her media experience. Let's use the same concept for somebody who works in an investment banking kind of job. They spend lots of time in Excel all day. So I would point that out to them. I would be like, hey, just like, you know, so-and-so host of this show, all of their future career decisions or what opportunities that get presented to them are all driving on this one number of these monthly ratings and these this viewership that they get. The same way you might be doing some sort of M&A deal as an investment banking intern or, you know, current, like, analyst, like, right out of school, where a lot of the nitty-gritty work that you're doing is then helping the managing director on your team help pitch something to a potential client that we're all measuring things in that situation so why can't you do that for yourself right and flipping it back to them in a way that helps them understand like oh i do all these principles on a day-to-day basis in my job i told you that my job was important to me because i told you that i put a lot of hours into it so drawing those parallels to get them to see that their fitness and nutrition actually boils down to the same exact thing but You said they were busy, right? They have a lot going on. They're the exact person that I would tell. I know you still want to go out on the weekends. I know you still want to hang out with your friends. You said you had FOMO. You said you had this. So again, listening to all the things that they're telling me that are important to them. So that's all the more reason to why I'm going to give you weekly, let's call it homework. That's what I do with my clients. That is really one very basic task if you're working 90 hours a week, your sleep sucks. Like it it probably does. You might be getting home super late and then you're the first one in the office. So for the next week, all I'm going to have you focus on is your sleep because your sleep is so foundational to your ability to recover. And that ability to recover will be the make or break factor in how successful your workouts are, what you're getting out of your workouts, and then affects your hormones in a way that like your hunger cues might be thrown off and then you're craving foods that aren't really great. So all of that is a snowball effect that if we could just address your sleep first, it's the big rock. Like my nutrition coach, um, I think I can curse on here, right? Since I already said shit, I'm just going to keep going. My nutrition coach, Sonia, likes to call it this. We have our big fucks and our little fucks. And if we care more about the big fucks and we address the big fucks first, in this example, sleep being one of them, we can get to everything else because like you said, your morning routine, right, Dom? Your morning routine is your big fuck in this situation where like if you can nail that and you can get that right, we build from there and we keep going and we keep going. So if that person who's in this environment where they're going out with their friends, that might mean making the compromise of missing out on one night of going out with them to get a little bit better sleep. But the thing with sleep is it's all about consistency. So, maybe it's not just missing one night, it's figuring out like when you get home at night, do you need to get off your cell phone? Do you need to spend less time? You know, th- this person's probably too busy to be watching Netflix, but like, is there any opportunity for you to set a better boundary where you can get home from work earlier? And talking about that before we even get into their food is just key.
1: I like that. The big fox and the little fox, that's very similar to what Andy Frisella says with his five critical tasks, you get your yeah, five critical tasks the power tasks list, done. right? Right, you're powerless. So you have your five critical tasks. And I still, I operate off of this and I'm guilty of trying to add more to my critical task list than, than needs to be. But getting your five critical tasks done and then you're able to move over into that second list of things that you can get to that aren't as um, important or aren't as urgent as the things on your five critical task list, so they don't have to be huge, monumental, stratospheric things, yeah. but they can be what's important, what's urgent. Like if you had to take medicine, otherwise you were going to die. Like that's on your critical task list. Like, <laughs> right. That's a little bit, that's a little bit extreme, but yeah. like, but like, think of it, think of it that way, you know, like just put something on that list. Um, that's not, ev- don't make everything on that list have to do with business or or things like that, like diversify your um, critical task list so that you're able to get those things done that you really need to.
0: Yeah. And I also think it's important to recognize that this is a really good example of what I was getting at earlier and saying like understanding like what your excuses currently are. Right. And knowing what season of life you're in, because if you're this analyst that we're describing, you're not going to be that forever. But you have to recognize that your version of how to work on your wellness and nutrition right now for this next six months year two years whatever it is is going to look different than someone who has a totally different schedule than you so it's coming to terms with the fact that hey like maybe you're so busy you happen to like to cook but it's not really realistic for you to cook But instead of you just mindlessly eating every single meal out and like living off of salads from Chopped because that's what most people do and and they think that that's healthy, but yet they don't like how they look when they look at themselves in the mirror, let's find a meal prep service that does actually work for you. Let's have the coach give you the perspective of like, hey, I know that you don't have the capacity to think about this. I know you don't have the capacity to cook your meals, but let me give you some guidance on this meal prep service or that meal prep service that you can incorporate, even if it's just for five meals a week. Let's just change your dinner. And instead of you with all the other people that you work with or putting in the hours late at night in the office when you're ordering, you know, DoorDash or Chipotle, Uber Eats, whatever it is, why don't you have that be your one meal that's like your protected meal and you stick to the plan. That's just that, again, just one adjustment. But then maybe six months from now, your schedule changes a little bit and we'll reintroduce some cooking and put that into the routine and being okay with doing it that way. I think sometimes we think that we also, not only do we have to do 17 things at once to fix our nutrition, we need to do it like the the perfect way. We need to do it like the way that, um, you know, like some like very like holistic type of wellness person would encourage us to do it.
1: Holist, holistic, I think holistic wellness, like can get a bad rep sometimes yeah, because, but, and, but a lot of people think that it's like this, like Eastern kind of like everything has to be like non-traditional, but really holistic just means like mind, body, spirit. But, mm-hmm. um, and I think a lot of what you do is a lot of what, like I like intend to do is very holistic because yeah. it does, it does look at the whole Um, you know, the mind, body, and spirit of a person because you have those three things in line and and your life is going to improve drastically. So I just wanted to quickly add that when somebody hears holistic, like don't let that turn you off. That just means- Yeah, it has a bad
0: connotation.
1: Right, it definitely has a bad connotation. But I think that was really, really helpful for a lot of people because they may not have related to everything in that description of that imaginary person we just went over. But there are definitely a lot of people out there who could benefit or who have similar traits or are going through similar things that we just addressed so i think that that was extremely helpful in the way that you address that
0: awesome well i appreciate it and you know t- like dom said take if there's one element of what we described that may parallel with your life i would imagine that a lot of your listeners are close to your age tom and i feel like my senior year of college or like that jump right out of school right that transition If I can put myself back in my shoes of when I was there, I think the hardest part was all of a sudden actually having some time freedom, right? And lacking structure, especially if you were an athlete. Like your transition coming out of football and I know you got a taste of it like before you were done because of everything that happened with the school calendar with COVID, right? And you were like, well, I don't know what to do with myself. That can be like a little bit of a curse because then you're like, oh, well, I got to fill my time and I'm going to go out and I'm going to meet people and I want to be social. I moved to a new city. I want to make new friends. I think that there's a good chunk of your listeners who can wrap their head around those feelings because they might be having them right now. And for me, that was the exact time that I got really into nutrition because I had moved to New City. City. I was living in Charlotte and I really wanted to make new friends. And I felt like it was always like, let's go to happy hour, let's do this, let's do that. Someone else that I was just chatting with two days ago made this point to me that over the last two years with COVID and The way our world has changed and the way we've socialized has changed that it got to a point where for her she felt like the only thing she was even essentially allowed to do with her friends just to get out of the house was to go out to eat like for a period we couldn't even do that but then once we could again everyone was like oh my god like let's go back out like we can finally go out let's go out to eat let's go out to eat food is so social for so many people that learning to try to separate that from the decisions you're making about your nutrition is so tough. It's it's just really tough. It comes up during the holidays. It comes up in the transition I'm describing post-grad, right? I can think of any stage of life where that's a relevant thing. I see it with moms who are like, well, I just want to, I'm a new mom and I just want to have wine night with my girlfriends because it helps me decompress. And there's, you know, a whole slew of things we could break down with that. It's real. It's, it's the same theme. It's this idea that food, alcohol, whatever it is becomes the center of the way that you interact with other people. And I think that's really hard, but acknowledging that that's the reality and then trying to come up with strategies that, are specific to navigating that environment is how somebody's going to address what's ever been blocking them from not reaching their nutrition goals, from not losing weight, from not putting up PRs in the gym. Depending on what your ultimate goal is.
1: Okay, so something else that I wanted to ask you about that I heard and I wanted to get your take on was, people always say like I'm I'm going to eat healthy this year or like I want to be healthier, and I think that's great. I think that's a great place to start. However, I think it's a little bit vague, and I think everybody has their own like different ideas of like, what is like, quote unquote, healthy. So instead of just saying I'm going to be healthier this year, what, what are some better goals or some better changes or additions that people can make to actually become healthier in turn?
0: So one of the things that we haven't expressly said, but I think is the overarching theme of a lot of the suggestions suggestions that I'm giving and this idea of like, what season are you in? or that type of expression is like, it's all relative to wherever you're currently at. And whether you wanna see this as a positive or negative, because I think for some reason, food tracking has become very polarizing, I'm gonna say first and foremost, it's really hard for me to give advice on that unless you spend some time tracking your food. It's relative because I don't know what your definition of healthier is, right? Because it's healthier. So you think that something you've been doing was maybe healthy or not the healthiest, but there's room for improvement, right? You've established that I want to eat healthier. So you're acknowledging that you have room for improvement. Well, if you can lay out for me exactly what you're currently eating, I can then help you identify what the big fuck is. Like what's the big thing that we can fix? You gave a great example, Dom, in in your goal of trying to get more protein. And I mentioned that For somebody who wants to lose body fat, that's particularly important. If we wanna get more specific, that could be a great one. Another way that we can look at that is, I do find that a lot of the people I work with, when they start tracking their food, they notice that their veggie intake is really limited or the same all the time. It's important to have variety in your diet for a healthy gut microbiome because our bodies get used to us just giving the same things, feeding it the same things all the time. So something that I can suggest as a way to actually achieve that goal of working in some more vegetables, I got this from one of my clients, so I'm going to give her credit for it because it wasn't my idea. There are a lot of really cool services these days. Um, a couple that I can think of are like Misfit Market. Um, I feel like you might have used them before, didn't you? Did you use them at one point? You? They okay. send you like the? No, they so so they just send you veggies. It's really cool. Oh, they just so. send you,
1: oh yeah, I had um imperfect foods. Yes, my that family, one. my family. Yeah. I was like, I again. feel like yeah, you've,
0: yeah. I feel like you've posted something about this before. So I did, yes. they make. Services like this like butcher box like any of those like that's specifically for meat So it's like fish and whatever but they make a couple that they send you vegetables that are like considered Imperfect or like ugly in some way so they didn't make it into the grocery stores because it didn't meet their standards And it's really great because one of my clients told me this has been a helpful tool for her Versus going into the grocery store and trying to like randomly pick a new vegetable Because what she'll do is if this gets shipped to her house, now she's forced to use it, right? Like it's already been purchased. It's sitting in her house. And then she'll go and Google recipes that include that ingredient. And it's been a great way for her to really expand her palate, but also come up with new ideas to make cooking exciting and fun again. And it's something that she now really enjoys. And it helps her figure out what other vegetables she does and doesn't like. So that's another suggestion I would give just in terms of like, let's get more specific. Like how about incorporating more veggies into your day? Um, Something else I would say that I would tell people to steer themselves away from is, forget the like, I'm not gonna eat any sugar. That stuff is bullshit. Like that is such a hard thing to actually achieve because like Dom and I said, when I was kind of mocking this like holistic, like I I think the word I should have said was like this granola kind of vibe of like, I'm gonna do everything all natural, like down to the point where you only use like special shampoo and special soaps. And hey, there's a time and place for that. Like I work with people who have so many hormonal issues that I would encourage them to switch their soaps switch their cleaning products because those are all endocrine disruptors and can be a huge changing factor in someone's wellness especially if they have a lot of gut health problems but i'm talking about the average person who just wants to make some small incremental improvements that's way too lofty of a goal there's sugar in like every single thing that we eat and i think it also demonizes fruit which is a bunch of crap So the advice I would give kind of on the flip side would be to stay away from those sorts of things where you have this restrictive food list that's saying like, know this, know that. Think about it from a place of abundance. We have access to excess and take advantage of that. Like be grateful for that fact and focus on what you can add to your diet versus take away from it.
1: Love all of that. Love every single piece of that. That's huge. That's huge. So everybody, if you're, you know. If that's you, if you struggle, you don't want to eat more vegetables, you're not very adventurous, or it's just like, seems like a hassle to eat vegetables. That is an absolutely great way to get those veggies in and to, um, like your client said, get creative, make some more foods mm-hmm. um, and dishes out of those. So as we start to wrap up here, I realized that we didn't really get to talk about your podcast because the last time you were on this podcast was I think the fall of 2020. So I was few months into podcasting and you were considering getting started um, yeah hadn't started
0: yet you're right hadn't
1: hadn't started yet and now we literally almost have the same amount of episodes you've been hyper consistent you've been hyper focused you've hired people to help you out you have gotten like me being a fan and a follower of your podcast you have gotten incredibly better. You've had some amazing conversations with people as well. A fan, a
0: follower, and an editor, let's not forget. You you were behind the scenes (laughs) chopping it up for me like, oh my God, this girl, I can't hear her voice again.
1: (laughs) That is true. I don't know if I really ever shared this with a lot of people, but yeah, I was actually Krista's podcast editor for several months and it was cool to see her progression. And now um, ultimately I just had way too many things on my plate and you know, we figured that our mutual friend, Tony, was able to just handle that. Crank it out. Yeah. Crank it. He was already on the, he was already handling a lot of the backend stuff for your podcast. But uh, I just want to acknowledge you for your consistency, for your Thank commitment you. to making higher quality, uh, you know, a better product. And you have helped a ton of people. So just kind of talk about your journey a little bit. I would kind of just want to like... Sure, toss the ball to you and let let you run with it for a minute.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, it's been really fun. And I did a reflection episode recently that I know you just listened to, Dom, with Tony. It was a quasi solo episode where I kind of had him throw some questions back at me. So it was like me being interviewed on my own podcast. And it was really fun because I, of course, I always look for the nutrition parallel in everything that I do. So I tried to tie a lot of that conversation. And I think one of the big themes I addressed was the purpose of consistency and the benefit of being consistent, but also leveling up. And that's something that you nailed it in asking me to describe my experience with podcasting. That's the biggest takeaway I've had from it is just the importance of doing it over again and doing it well. And that's also been a challenge because your level of perfectionism can really come out in being a podcaster and you have to get okay with being like listening back to yourself and like, oh, I didn't really like how I said that. Nobody hangs on your words as much as you hang on your own words, especially when your goal is always just let me produce quality. I want to lead with my best foot forward. And those are great things. Those are they're, they're blessings and curses, right? Like it's it's not a bad problem to really have, but I would say for me, with the podcast the biggest growth i've had with it is actually pushing myself to put out more solo content I, right before we hopped on to do this recording, I was like, Hey, I got 25 minutes. I texted you. I was like, give me five extra minutes. And I chopped up a solo episode and I just let it rock. Like I didn't script it. I usually don't. But if I think back to the first solo episode I did, I had all these notes and I was ready to like plan everything out exactly how I wanted to say it. And halfway through I scrapped it, but I needed that structure. So it's been really great for me from a personal development perspective to give me that confidence to be like, just turn. the microphone on and whatever comes out, however it comes out, you can always edit it, but let it be natural. I think one of the things from a editing perspective, Tony and I were joking around about this, but I said to him, I was like, we should have Dom listen to how clean the episodes are now versus when I had you, like I was making a million comments. I was like, cut this part, cut that part. I don't like what I said here. Um, One of the big things that I found with editing for me is just allowing the other person to talk more. I have so many questions that I want to ask someone and I'm going to give you kudos too because you have made just in us having this interview for the past hour, amazing strides with this yourself. I feel like when we first had our interview in September of 2020, there was a lot more back and forth between us, but you do a fantastic job of turning on your listening ear. And I would argue, and I love your thoughts on this that that's probably the hardest part of podcasting. Because if you start a podcast, you have something to say, right? So you wanna talk, but then you're bringing these other people on and reminding yourself like this is their hour, like to tell their story and talk about things. And if it's a topic where you share a lot of the same feelings or you have a lot in common or you feel some type of way about it, you wanna jump in and you're like, oh, I gotta let them keep going. So that's been been a big learning lesson for me personally.
1: I will say, the more that I've focused on listening, I I do think that my, like, I I feel more comfortable as a podcaster Mm -hmm. and just like conversing with people in person, on the phone, whatever it may be. I was always very focused on what I was gonna say next next, rather than just listening, being present to what that person is saying, and then navigating off of that because we have, one mouth and we have two ears for a listen. So, or two ears for a reason, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. So listening has been something that I've been trying to get better. And it's, it's funny because it's like listening. How do you get better at listening? You just do it. Um, But like focused listening um, and being present in your conversation, being present in whatever you're doing is going to help you put your best effort into something. It's going to get the best um, product and the best result. So um I just felt like I've had more depth and and meaning in conversations. Yeah. Once I've started listening to people and totally focusing on what I'm gonna say.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I, I also think that even taking the break from from interviews to some more solo episodes, then jumping back in to more interviews most recently, I've been able to like flex that muscle a little more of listening again. Right. And I also think that it's kind of for me, just to give your listener a little context, the whole reason why I jumped into more solo episodes was some I just forced from my schedule because I took on this new job where I now am going back to a athletic facility. So I go somewhere else on a regular basis. And it's not as easy for me to like jump on my computer and schedule out a podcast. Even us trying to schedule this one, it took us like six tries, right? So I did it out of necessity because I wanted to be consistent with my content. But I feel like it's even helped me at work because I've practiced this idea of let me listen to what this person's saying, take in all of the information that they've provided, and it comes up in meetings all the time. So I would push back to you that as you now navigate finding your first official post-grad job or figuring out what that's going to look like for you, it's really going to help you through the interview process too and even just ultimately collaborating on that first real team that you're a part of outside of like your football team, right? There's so many parallels, but I think that podcasting outside of learning more information it makes you just a better you're you're better at collaboration in general like whatever that definition of collaboration is cuz i think it's such a broad term and it applies to so many things that i'm very very grateful for that the other thing i will say even from a business perspective since we spent so much time talking about like your avatar client and finding your niche one thing i've realized with the podcast is i want to and this is a goal and focus i have for 2022 is feeling less uncomfortable with the idea that it's okay to plug myself. I don't know if this is something you've thought about much and I'd love your opinion on this, but sometimes when I'm re-recording my introduction or I'm doing like the little outro at the end of the episode, I get a little funny about like being like, hey, I'm taking on new clients or something like that. And remembering that I'm the one putting in all these hours and this work to sit here on my computer, computer, go through the editing process, finding people to interview like it's it's my show it's okay for me to put myself out there and use it as a way to market because i also just spent the last 30 minutes plus demonstrating my expertise so not being afraid to do that shameless plug for yourself is something i want to be more calculated about as i even think about the guests that i'm bringing on in 2022. i love interviewing other nutrition coaches but that as an example can be a little bit of like this funny interaction because like you want them to plug themselves but like you also want to plug yourself too and the person's coming to your show hopefully because they like your voice and what you have to say
1: yeah 100 percent. i could not agree more with that i again i was super not consistent with like my production Mm -hmm. like before like i was consistent with putting out a product but i wasn't consistent on working like i was working the strategy i was working in it rather than on it so same i I'm really focused on making small changes like that and and not being afraid to to plug yourself and and you know you put in a lot of work to ask somebody to you know, leave a review leave a leave a rating like yeah. send it to somebody i don't think that's asking too much there
0: no and i so like i can't stress enough how much i appreciate when i find a new listener who i didn't know them and they just randomly message me and they're like hey i listened to that episode and i loved it whether that was someone i haven't talked to in years or like i've literally just never had a conversation with and they dm me or somebody leaving a review and i think That's the only way to grow the show too. So remembering that and recognizing that if you're going to put in all these hours and ultimately you want it to help be just another avenue for your brand and your platform and ultimately bringing in additional clients to your nutrition business or your fitness business or whatever your topic is for your podcast, but also recognizing that it's okay to want more than just, oh, I hope I helped someone off this one episode. Of course, operating with that intention as the foundation is what's going to help you win that there's no doubt about that. I I firmly believe that. I firmly believe in that idea of abundance and not being, like I said at the very beginning of this episode, not being intimidated by the fact that this industry is seemingly saturated because there's plenty of room for everybody out there, but also knowing that you gotta be your own self-advocate and you have to put yourself out there. The people aren't just gonna come to you.
1: Totally, couldn't agree more. Krista, this has been awesome. I've had an amazing time talking to you. There's been a lot of value shared in this. So I just want to thank you again for coming on. But I have one more question. One more question for you before you go. What is your definition of ambition? What does that mean to you right now in this moment? For me will thomas built by will last person i interviewed he flipped the script on me and asked me you know my definition which really made me think because it was like similar to what you said in the beginning where i flipped the script on you and asked you your intro question so it made me it made me think a bit but what does it mean when you hear it right now and in your life
0: when i hear the word ambition for me as someone who i said earlier i wear a lot of hats and i do that well but I also think that ambition for me in 2022 is getting clearer about what's going to move the needle forward in both my professional life and my personal life. We didn't talk anything about this in this episode, but it was a huge part of the conversation for our first two episodes that we did together because I had made some really drastic changes, broke off a relationship, moved back home, left a city, left a job. I was completely starting fresh. Now that I feel really grounded in those areas of my life from a professional standpoint, I now have the space for my personal life to turn into what I really see for myself for the future. And to me, ambition means, Being focused on, again, what's going to move the needle and making me happy and where I want to go, because I do have all these different opportunities, but that shouldn't just be limited to your career. So I would say it's all encompassing in both the personal and the professional. But right now, in this current moment in 2022, making that time for myself and not in the sense of just fitness and nutrition, but my social life and all of those other things, I think will help me kind of be that more like full version of Krista that I ultimately want to be.
1: Love that. Love that. Love that. That was a very unique answer and you absolutely crushed it. Hit the nail on the Thanks. head. i thinking about all those things too. Krista, thank you so much for coming on and where can people find you?
0: Yes. So of course, would love for anybody who enjoyed this conversation to listen to my podcast. Again, it's called The Fix, and I should spell that because as Dom knows, I spell Krista with a Y. So it's Fix with a Y, F-Y-X. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I've got two Instagram accounts. I've got my official Instagram, which I'm a little more active on, and that is at the Krista Huber. Dom will link all of this down in the show notes, I'm sure. And then I also have an Instagram account for the podcast, which is at thefix.officialpod. So if you want to message me anytime, reach out to me. If anybody's interested in coaching, I'm going to do my plug because I just said I was committing to that for 2022. I am actively taking on new clients, especially if there's any ladies out there that listen to this show. Truly, those that's just more so who I tend to work with. If there are any women who are right around your age, Dom, that have been making that transition post-grad and you're trying to navigate the this first six months a year out of school, it's tough. And I know because I've been through it myself and I'd love to just be a listening ear, whether that's as a coach or just a friend, somebody you DM anytime. I, I love having those conversations. So don't hesitate to reach out to me. And again, thank you for the opportunity to let me come back on your show. It's always a pleasure.
1: As always. No, I'm very grateful for our friendship. I'm very grateful for the help that you've given me. So everybody listening, if you're thinking about hiring a nutrition coach or or now you are, you weren't. And now you are thinking after listening to this episode, give Krista, give, give her a shout. She's going to help you get you where you need to go. So that's going to do it for us. Krista, thank you so much. If you enjoyed this podcast, go leave us a rating and review, share it with somebody who you think will bring, will, will find value in it. And we'll see you next time. Thanks everybody. Bye.